Welcome to Elemental Whispers, a podcast dedicated to creating pathways of remembrance through the sharing of personal experiences and real-life sacred stories of working with the community of other world beings for healing, growth, and joyful enchantment. I'm Diamira Rose D'Agostino, and this is my gift to you, a podcast that is really meant to be a doorway May it illuminate this pathway of magical remembrance. May its medicine of enchantment guide you in your elemental journey of soul, earth, and spirit. Welcome back to another episode of Elemental Whispers Podcast. This is Diamira Rose, and I have a special guest for our episode today. I will be introducing her in just a moment, but first, before I do, I want to give you a quick update on all the things. First and foremost, I want to announce the official opening of the Elemental Whispers Essence Store. So excited. Thank you for all of you who have been so very patient with me, with us behind the scenes as we made the huge move off of Etsy and onto my own website at diamirarose.com so that we could be in a place that felt super aligned with the energy and the way that Elemental Whispers is evolving and expressing in the world at this time. So you definitely want to go over there, check it out. I did do a short video on YouTube sharing about some of the details, which I will mention a couple here. And then also on that video on YouTube, I shared some essences that are really supportive for this time period. So I'll link to that in the show notes, of course. But let me go ahead and tell you about a few updates that I've made to the store. First, you may notice if you've been a customer for a while that the new Avalon collection, which is our, uh, I don't know if I'd call it the signature collection, but it's certainly the foundational, basic all around support your everyday emotional and spiritual needs collection. And I'm saying that because I feel the signature collection is actually the Fairy Kings and Queens collection. So the new Avalon collection has been discounted and we have been able to reduce our price to $18.00. A bottle. I'm really excited to be able to offer this and hopefully make essences more accessible to more of you and also hopefully maybe allow you to be able to get a few more essences that would really serve and support your journey at this time. And they were originally $22. Everything was $22. But with the move off Etsy, I was able to reduce the new Avalon essences in that collection to $18. Now, the other pieces that I want to share with you about the store is that you will see there are a couple essences in the new Avalon collection that are being retired and they are completing their journey, as I mentioned in the last episode, 
And some of those are still available. Many of them have already sold out, but the ones that are still available, you will find that they have been discounted to $12. And so they will be available for you at that price while supplies last. Finally, I know some of you are looking for the Avalon pilgrimage essences that were available a few months ago for pre-order and all in good time, my friend. (laughs) Those are going to be added to the store hopefully in the next month or two. That's going to be my winter solstice project. And as you know, of course, I already have beautiful images and I just need to select the right and perfect one to convey the energy and transmit that energy to you. But I also need to really sit with and allow the definition that wants to come forward to arise from my being. So that is my winter solstice project. Those are all the updates. So the store is officially open. Hopefully we've worked out all the kinks and bugs and hopefully everything is running smoothly. So shipping times are probably at, once you place your order, we ship it out in two to three business days. So you can get all of your essences for the upcoming holidays to support you and support your family and support your clients and support your community or whatever ways that you work with these essences. Hopefully you work with them in land as well. Now, I do want to remind you that my new book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening, is available. It's available in all forms, both paperback and then also the gamut of electronic forms. If you love the stories I share, the way I share the stories, on here about my journey and experiences with the other world of fairy, you will love this book. It is, it details my early spiritual journey of awakening and remembrance. And by early, I mean, I'm talking about the book starts in 2002. So that's a long time ago and much has happened since there. And there are still several books to come. And I need to get working on those. (laughs) So I promise to have a fun episode for you coming up here where I am sharing questions, well, answers to questions that I have received about the book. There's not really any parameters on these questions, but these questions, they have to be related to the book material, or I guess I would be happy to talk about the writing process as well. And you can just submit those questions to connect at diamirarose.com. And hopefully within the next couple weeks, because that is when I will be recording the episode. Okay, that's it for all of the updates for now. I cannot wait for you to hear and receive the blessing of magic that was born within the conversation between myself and my dear flower sister, Alexandria Shiarapa. I loved our conversation so much. The time flew by so fast. We got to talk about topics ranging from beauty, which is her sacred specialty, and I'll tell you more about 
her specialties in just a moment. We talked about flower essences. So it was super fun because, yeah, we got to talk shop (laughs) and talk about flower essences, her journey with them, how she works with them. We talked about her journey with cacao. We only just touched on the tail surface of her journey with cacao. In fact, there were so many places that we went to in this conversation and we went super deep in some places and also in other places we were really aware of only having scratched the surface. Not only that, but we realized that there was a whole range of topics that she and I have a very deep connection to and a lot of experience with, including fairy and dragon, and we did not even get to those. So obviously she's going to have to come back on for a part two. I am really excited that we got to have, or at least touch on a conversation about energetic boundaries with the other world and etiquette when working with the other world of spirit. This is really part of a much bigger conversation that I feel has gotten pretty lost in the new age community. Yeah, I have more to say on that and I'm not going to go on my soapbox about it just now, but maybe a future episode. So lots of good gems and we just traveled magical golden pathways of flowers and the grandmothers and magic and beauty for an hour. So I know you're going to love her and enjoy her as much as I do. I am going to now officially and formally introduce her. Alex is a flower essence practitioner and plant spirit ceremonialist in training who resides in California amongst the flowers, sun, and sea. She is also a homeschooler and can often be found in the garden having a poetry tea party or musing over riddles with her two kids. She is a beauty dreamer, wildly romantic, and an eternal optimist. Her greatest joy is living from inspired beauty and inspiring others to find their way to beauty. One of her favorite ways to do this is through flower essences and the flower spirit realms. She gives deep reverence and gratitude to her family, her benevolent ancestors, the grandmothers, spirit guides, and the flowers for lighting her beauty path and nurturing the medicine she carries. Welcome to Elemental Whispers Podcast, Alex. I cannot wait to have this super magical conversation with you today. I am so excited to be here. I will try to contain my fire, Enos. (laughs) No need for containment. No need for containment. We were talking earlier today and we were actually talking about how 
Alex has a tremendous amount of fire in her natal astrological chart and I have a tremendous amount of air and together they just create more fire. It just gets bigger and more magical and like a great blaze. And this time of the year, which is Samhain for us in the Northern Hemisphere, is a perfect time to be lighting bonfires and dancing dancing and cackling around them. So there will be no holding back on dancing and cackling today. <laughs> there will be, I think there's already been so much dancing and cackling between us today around the bonfire. <laughs> and now it will be recorded. <laughs> So, okay. So I, I, I mean, there's so many different directions. Whenever we connect, I just see these a thousand pathways opening and I am going to try to, while I'm not going to control myself, I am going to try to direct and focus myself to, um, to hopefully I want to just highlight your extraordinariness, your magic, and your amazingness. So that is my goal and focus for today because I have known you for a couple of years now. We Mm -hmm. met in a flower essence practitioner training program in 2020. That was a big year for our deepening on the path of flower work. Then, I mean, basically... I'll speak for myself. I fell in love at first sight. (laughs) I mean, I actually wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about how we first met because I think that's kind of a... I remember how I first remember you. Do you want to talk about how you first remember me first and I'll talk about how I first remember you? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. 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 My turn first. So, So I remember we had as part of the container, we had a Facebook group and I remember Alex had, you know, we all post introduction posts introducing ourselves and Alex had posted introducing herself and she had this most glorious photo where she was lying in these flowers, which at the time I did not know who the flower was, but I came to learn that they were Mexican primrose and she was lying in this what looked like a flower field and she just, her extraordinary richness and multi-layered expression of who she was just poured through the photo and I thought that's my person I (laughs) (laughs) love this person I hope she knows that we are meant to be friends and (laughs) I'm not sure if she knows that but I know that we're meant to be friends and I want to connect with her. Yeah. It was only a matter of time. It was basically, like I said, it was love at first sight. So. Yes. Okay. So, you know, I started this flower essence practitioner program and it was a huge threshold for me because I had left my career. I started homeschooling, like all these things, like major transformations were happening in my life. And starting the the flower essence practitioner program really felt like I was crossing this threshold. So I remember when we were all introducing each other um, ourselves on Facebook, I was really taking this very seriously. I was like, okay, this is like my new vocation. <laughs> this is my calling that I've been waiting for. And so I'm going through and I'm like, okay, who, who, which one of these people are going to be my people? <laughs> and I was going through, going through, and I saw Diamir's post. And I remember either Diamir, I, I, I swear that on the post, you somehow like 
drop dragons someplace in your like introductory post. And I was like, what? (laughs) Because I had been having all this like interactions with dragons. And for the past couple of years before we started the program, and I was like, wait, there's like a flower person who's also now talking about dragons. Like her and I are meant to be friends. And then I was like, I then simultaneously went and like stalked you online. I was like, who is this person and what can I find out about her? (laughs) And then I found some in your YouTubes and I was like, who is this person? This person like is so amazing. I was like, okay, cool it, cool it down, Alex. Like we have to somehow be friends with her, but cool it down. (laughs) She's going to think you're too crazy. (laughs) But I remember commenting and like rewriting my posts like a million times being okay, like don't say too much information. But I like remember like commenting on your post being like, I love dragons too. Maybe we can talk about it one day. (laughs) And then, I mean, I just, I like totally felt like you're one of my people. Like I remember on all of our calls, I just always felt super plugged into your energy. You know, when you meet certain people, you just feel super plugged in almost like a electrical socket. You just feel like you're getting what they're saying and you're just jiving with the same vibration. That's how I felt whenever I saw, I was like, oh my gosh. And and you love to ask really thoughtful questions. And I also love to ask really um, intense or thoughtful or deep questions. So I was always like, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering that question too. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad she asked that question. So that's my remembrance of all of that. So I, I love those pieces and I love how we, so when the flower program completed and we are going to dive into your history and your story and really how you came to the flowers and probably more broadly how you came to magic. But before we go there, before we go there, I'm just going to give everybody a, this little tidbit is that our um, our love fest continued long after the program completed. We started connecting on, on Signal. We're basically Signal besties in my yeah. opinion. Oh no, we totally and- are. Like you're the only person I'm on Signal with. So yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. So... <laughs> We're so we're we're signal besties, and what I love about Alex, you know, she talked about how you just. I love that analogy used with the electrical socket. How you just plug in, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. It, it for me, it's the conversation between us is always so easy and so flowing, and m- more or just as important, it actually happens on a thousand different realms. When we're talking, we're actually transmitting codes back and forth to each other. And we're talking on all these different dimensional levels. Even though we're not saying certain things, there's energy that comes through in both of our sharings when we talk to each other. And what's so beautiful is that naturally happens for certain people, except for the two of us are on the same wavelength. So we actually receive and hear all of the codes and energy transfer that's coming through at all the different levels. And so our conversations are so rich and we can go so deep. And Alex is one of the, really probably one of the only people I know that can actually she calls, she says, I like to travel down rabbit holes with her. And I would say that she (laughs) can go so deep. My little Plutonian scorpionic (laughs) heart (laughs) 
just can go to these deep realms with her and she will not, there's nothing that can be too penetrating or too much or too intense. I, I never have to worry about that. She's always like, yeah, let's go on this amazing psychic <laughs> research project and figure it out while we explore the realms and the cosmos together. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and let's keep talking about it two weeks later. Oh, wait, and this happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely down for the like Indiana Jones hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so and okay, so I want to back up for people because they're probably like, well, what kind of psychic research are you really talking about? So let's actually begin. I want to begin with you. And okay. I want to begin with your <laughs> amazingness, which okay. can start in a lot of different places. But I want to talk about your story. And I know we can talk about this from a lot of different places, but yeah. let me think about this for a moment okay. because I want you to tell me about your magic. And <laughs> yeah, so start out with that. I want you to tell me about your magic. Okay. The first thing I think of when you ask me that question is just really my matriarchal lineage. And I think of my mother and how magical she is, but I don't think she would ever admit to her being magical. And I think that she's one of those people that she's like, I don't even know. She's like a Mary Poppins wizard. <laughs> like if you ever need anything, she just like arrives with it. And she's someone who's in the garden who can create anything and everything. And she has such a young spirit. And so I think at a very young age, I just was always being modeled that by my mom. She's just always creating anything. Like she is just, she's like a MacGyver. She just can create anything and everything whenever you need. Like she just created, like helped create a raptor mask for my husband for his work for Halloween. And then my, my brother needed help creating some type of like Sonic the Hedgehog thing for their like kids preschool. Like she just, she, she has no bounds. And so I always grew up with someone who, she just took on a on any challenge. And both her and I are Aries. So she was born April 3rd and I was born April 6th. And so I think that's where my magic stems. And she's actually the one that was the gateway um, to me, like exploring the esoteric realms. I remember being, I must have been like in sixth or seventh grade and she was cleaning out a bookshelf and she came across um, astrology book, actually Linda Goodman's Sun Signs book, and you know, a classic that she had gotten in San Francisco when she used to live there. <laughs> and she was like, I think you'd really like this book. It talks a lot about people's personalities. And I think you'd really find it interesting. And so astrology was really like my gateway in to esoteric studies. And literally after that happened, I was just always could be found in a bookstore in the like, astrology or magical esoteric studies I think in Barnes and Nobles at the time in the 80s and 90s they called it the esoteric studies section and I just like literally consumed it was like literally one bookshelf there was like barely anything there and I would just consume I think at one point I had like 50 astrology books like that's all I asked for for like my birthday for Christmas and that just led me down a path of deeper studies and I eventually got to flower essences and what I loved about flower essences is you know, I love hearing people's stories and talking with people and astrology can help open that up. But what I found is after people would leave astrology, like talking with me astrology or looking at their charts, I wanted something more to work with people to give them something where they could go off and be on their own self journey. And 
I felt the same way about tarot. Like I used to do tarot readings. And so for flower essences, what was so amazing about that for me is that, you know, you can sit there and talk with someone and hold big space and, you know, vision with people and dream with people and hear what their challenges are and, you know, get intuitive downloads and have deeper conversations and bigger conversations about their life and how they want to weave beauty. And then you can hand over a beautiful weaving of a flower formula and they can go off and meet spirit in such a way that they maybe only get to meet, you know, once a year when they go to like a national park or a forest or looking into a flower. And that was when I feel like real magical, this other magical portal opened up in a deeper way of being able to see how we all are living in these magical portals every day. And we have access to them to every day. They're literally all around us, no matter where you live. And that's really where I feel like I currently am with my magic is how do you weave, weave beauty in your everyday life? And I think one of, through all of my studies that I've done since I was in sixth or seventh grade <laughs> till now, and I'm 41 years old now, I feel like one of the most powerful ways to do that is, is to work with the spirit realms. And in, and in particular, the flowers, or mm -hmm. is there an expansion around that? I feel like the flowers are one of the um, most held and beautiful spaces to enter into those realms. Because I, I know I also am currently working in shamanic energy training, but I think that you have to be really thoughtful and you have to have excellent teachers to enter into those spirit realms. And even with flowers, but flowers they open you naturally to beauty. And when we step into beauty, we're so held, we're so taken care of that it's easier. You know, I was actually having this conversation with a friend the other day. We were talking about the difference of beauty and joy. And, you know, I think that when a lot of times when people are having a really hard time to access some magic in their life, just trying to access joy can be really overwhelming. You know, a lot of times when clients come to see me, they might be really anxious or depressed and just be like, go experience joy can actually be really demeaning to people. And when we step into beauty, beauty can lead to joy, but beauty can also hold this other framework for, you know, even if you're going through a dark time, you can then come to see the beauty through the transformation of that. And beauty holds beauty can hold such a spectrum of things. And I think beauty really is a cornerstone of most people's lives that we often forget about. Okay. I love this conversation and I love, I just love the whole theme and subject of beauty. And before I met you, my connection to beauty was really from a very mystical from a very mystical perspective because to me beauty was it was almost a I'm thinking of soft fingertip whispers <laughs> as a touch <laughs> from this the world of spirit yeah. like it was like the beauty is spirit breaking through into the world of physical matter and it would be the beauty was almost this portal and I would always think of it in the context of fairy and mm, yeah. you know there's a lot of when you're looking at symbolism in fairy tales and myths, a lot of times beauty was a code word that meant fairy. And so Ooh, this was my connection I did not to know that. 
Really? No. So, yeah. <laughs> so now let's rethink all the old fairy tales like Sleeping yes, Beauty, no, right? Totally. And she was fairy. Mm-hmm. So all of these beauty from Beauty and the Beast, um, Belle, you know, beauty. And so all of these were code words for, for fairy. And so my connection to beauty was from this very mystical esoteric. And yet, and yet, here's the funny, strange, weird, all the things thing is that I actually had no, I had relatively little felt sense embodied connection to beauty. Hmm. And this is very strange because beauty, my chart, I'm Venusian rule. I know, I was so. going to say, you have Venus, <laughs> Venus and Libra pouring chart. out of every pore of your body. <laughs> I tell people I have a Libra city that's been erected in the, my 12th house. So I basically, I do, I have five planets plus a rising sign in Libra. So there's a Libra city in the 12th house. So you would think that beauty was like, I was a duck to water with it. But in reality, I, I didn't have a felt, you know what I mean? An embodied yeah, yes. connection with beauty. Yes. Until I met you and you know, you have done these amazing programs with beauty. So I just want you to talk to people um yeah just just talk to me about beauty and and how do you see it and how do you work with it and all the things whatever you want to say about it really so whenever I think about beauty I well I have so many things to say about beauty (laughs) I'm trying to even think about how I came to beauty you know I've always loved beautiful things like even growing up um so I grew up in the 80s and my dad was actually a stay-at-home dad and he is a Taurus And so he loves beautiful things. He has a design eye. And I remember growing up and my dad, he actually has a very shamanic view of the world, which is really interesting. I remember him in the house, like showing my brother and I a chair at a very young age and being like, this chair has its own spirit. (laughs) He's like, someone put thought into this chair. So when you hold this chair, you put this chair away and you push it into the table, you think about the energy that someone put into this chair. You let it be in its beauty. You don't leave it on the ground. You don't let it roll over. If it is, you pick it up with respect and you treat your your things in your house with respect. You let them be beautiful. And that's just kind of how I was raised. So I think this is always... You know, when something's just always in your cells or always just in your blueprint, sometimes it's actually harder to pick out what that thing is because you're just like, well, that's just how I breathe. How do I explain how I breathe? And so I think beauty has always been something that I gravitate towards. And the flowers have really shown me that this embodiment of beauty. And, you know, I've done so much research on beauty and One thing I think back to is like Plato and Socrates era when they would talk about beauty and how there's these four cornerstones, goodness, truth, and justice along with beauty. And you think about that, like goodness, truth, justice, those sound like they go together, right? But then beauty, beauty just stands like she's at the, at the center stage with like a full, you know, spotlight on her. And I think that's interesting that they're included in that because they're, I think when we think of beauty, we often can think of the commercialization of beauty, right? And, or we might have conscious or subconscious um, gut reactions to when someone says beauty. Are you thinking of some, you know, photoshopped supermodel on like a a magazine? Are you thinking of art beauty? Like there's so many different um, ways that we are woven and also entangled in the concept of beauty. 
But what I have found is that people start to move through different stages of beauty, which can, you know, if you've never worked with the concept of beauty before, or you're working with it in a more conscious way, one thing that can start to happen is that first it can start off with like, oh, okay, the flowers and I are kind of on a honeymoon. Like people first start, my clients first start working with flower essences and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to go get new clothes. And so this is kind of, I don't want to call it a superficial level, but it's like a, 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 you know, a materialistic 3D level of beauty. And so they might go get new clothes, but this can lead to something else. Or even like, I don't even know, something really square one, like makeup <laughs> or something to that effect. And this can then lead to the next level though, which is then you start looking around when it comes to like, the values of beauty in your life. Like maybe you want to start having like a certain family tradition in your life that is woven with beauty. Maybe that's for a certain holiday or maybe even how you set your table for your family for dinner. Like it starts to elevate and it starts to become this holographic recipe. And then when I see like this, this next level of beauty, I mean, it just continues to expand. I, I think beauty is infinite, is that you start to really see about how do you want to contribute like the, the beauty legacy in your life, whether that's, um, and it doesn't have to be that you're a flower essence practitioner or that you're working in the spiritual realm. That's what I love about beauty. You know, it can be, how do you weave beauty in your day-to-day job? How do you weave beauty as a mom? How do you weave beauty at, when you're driving? And it starts to become this exponential layer. And I even think about little kids, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'm a mom of two little kids, I'm a homeschooler. And I think about, you know, one thing that a lot of parents will say to their kids when you're cleaning up or generations before me would say to their kids was, you know, let's make this place more beautiful um, than when we first found it. Let's, let's make it nicer than when we first found it. And I think there's something to that. There's something to building legacy and weaving in this world beauty and it can lead to so many different pathways. And so I guess that's, that's how I view beauty. And I, I, I love working with people around how can you weave beauty into your life, whether that's like a love relationship or, you know, a new career or just feeling more in your body and feeling better about your body. Or, you know, some people come to me and they're just like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel blah. And when you're in beauty codes, you never feel blah. You are in the muse zone. You are in that zone where your energy is running. You feel inspired. You're in divinity. To me, beauty is uh, access to divinity and playing out in the 3D realms. (sighs) I'm like, this this is such a gorgeous re-envisioning of beauty working with beauty and engaging beauty in our life and in our relationship with spirit. I I don't think I've ever heard you talk about it (laughs) that fully and that expansively. It's so beautiful. And you can tell as you speak about it, how embodied it is for you. And I, yeah, it just keeps like growing. I don't know what it is about it but for me it does keep growing and it almost feels like I can even get kind of emotional about it like right now I can feel myself um, coming really into my heart about it where I just feel like I have such a legacy to not only like like weave beauty but to like help others figure out how to weave beauty in their lives because I think without beauty like what are we 
doing. And what I love about beauty is beauty just allows so much access. Like you don't have to go quit and change your job to weave beauty. And I think a lot of times, you know, working with different practitioners and, and even people who are on the path of seeking out maybe more spirituality or self-help can feel trapped in where they are and feel like, oh, I need to leave my job or I need to move or leave a relationship or get, you know, leave something or get something to be able to have what they want. And I think that beauty naturally allows you access to divinity and then it allows, it almost is like an energy alignment and at the same time, a holographic recipe that brings things into your field. What a gorgeous counterpart. I'm thinking of actually more like a counterpoint beauty to, I don't know, this age of systems. I'm just thinking of how systemized everything has become first with the industrial revolution and now with the modern age of technology and corporate corporateness and all of the ways that we just kind of have this what do you call that uh factories factory the line kind of goes and you just have the same thing Mm -hmm. cookie cutter cookie Mm -hmm. cutter and beauty just feels like the way you're talking about it, such a revolution, such a quiet and extraordinary rebellion. That's exactly how I view it. I view it as a total radical and quiet, um, almost activism that you can do anywhere and doesn't, and it can, and not only that, but it then ripples out and affects so many people with, and it can be super simple. It can be, you know, making a really um, beautiful cup of tea. It doesn't have to be super complex and it can be as big as you want it to be, or, you know, it's very open-ended. Okay. So I have a question with this and then there was something you said before we expanded into this beauty conversation But what I am curious about is, obviously, we're in the time of Samhain right now. And so I am very, the ancestors are really loud for me. And so I am curious if you feel your ancestor's hand in your connection to beauty in the way that you are dreaming beauty into the world and and also your medicine, the medicine that you carry. Do you find that there's an ancestral thread or do you feel your ancestor's hand in your bringing your magic into the world? I mean, deeply. (laughs) My my LLC that I created last year is called My Grandmother's Flower. (laughs) So I deeply... Deeply feel that. I mean, this is actually um, something that I'm so deeply, I don't even know what word I want to use. When I think of mothers and I think of grandmothers, this is where we all come from. And so the weavings that happen down the legacies of of grandmothers and mothers is is so beautiful it's beautiful and when you think of the grandmothers in particular you know 
And I think, well, I want to preface this by saying, I'm sure there are some grandmothers out there in the 3D that are not the most perfect grandmothers, right? (laughs) Or that people have negative associations with. But I'm thinking of like the divinity grandmothers, the ancestors, the grandmothers that hold, they hold court, they circle around you, and they are the magical, benevolent grandmothers that support you and, and sing to your heart, those grandmothers. And they... They are, they are the energy and the spirit guides that can turn anything into beauty. And I speak with them at least daily. I mean, when I go to my altar, I, I always, the grandmothers always circle around. And sometimes I hear my actual grandmothers, you know, if I'm out in my garden or working with cacao, I totally hear my Mexican grandmother, (laughs) Mija, open the window, let the wind come in while you're making that. Um, And there is something very, very magical about the grandmothers. I'm fortunate enough to live on a multi-generational property. So my parents live in a little loft in-law at the back of our property, and they are gracious enough to let us live in the house, which is my childhood home. And seeing my mom, you know, who is a grandmother to my two little kiddos and my brother's two kiddos, um, she is just, I mean, I want to be her when I grow up because she is just so magical. She can... She can fix anything and she makes everything magical and she can make anything beautiful. And that is, I feel like there's some type of like crone magic happening there. (laughs) And it's this very wise commanding yet soft and so generous of energy. I think that the grandmothers have a huge hand in the beauty weaving. And that's actually how I got the name for my, um, I don't even like to call it my business, my offering, my beauty weaving that I offer, um, my grandmother's flowers, because I went and asked, you know, what should I call this? And the grandmothers told me, call it my grandmother's flowers. So that when people pick up the bottle and they see the label on there, my grandmother's flowers, when they say that it's like a saying a prayer out loud. For themselves, they're calling forth the divinity of the grandmothers. I love how you just explained that. The way that you talked about, first of all, the ancestor grandmother, she who is ancient, mm-hmm. she who is is older than beyond trauma, beyond yes. the personality grandmothers in the 3D. Yes. She who is ancient, almost primordial yes. to some degree. Yes. And I mean, I think of the Kaliak and I think of these, yeah, just these old abuelas and yes. ex- extraordinary um La Mia Nona mm-hmm. and all of the oh my gosh, just rooted in the earth. Mm-hmm. And then I-, I loved how you talked about you feel them circling you yes and circling you and how sometimes it is a very real connection of you know blood ancestry Mm -hmm. and grandmothers that were maybe one or two generations away but other times it's this 
more ancient pool of who knows how old and how ancient because you know we've been having a lot of conversations you and I I mean about <laughs> yes. blood lineage yes, yes. <laughs> we've gone talk about those rabbit holes we have gone <laughs> down huge rabbit holes about blood lineage and my work recently I've been working with the spirit realm for a very long time, but within the last couple years, I have really deepened on my path with the grandmothers. And of course, they're probably different. Mm. Maybe some of them are similar to the grandmothers that Alex weaves Mm. with, but these are the grandmothers that I work with and they're was one and now there are the three and then there are kind of the the grandmother council yes. as well it's yes. like they kind That's of what... just multiply yes. like russian dolls yes. you know it's totally <laughs> they, just, they do it's, they just keep showing they up just, yes they do they're very they do. loving and they are they it are. is the spirit of the grandmothers yes and, it is yes. yes and here at new avalon there is this power place deep in the forest that I call, it is, I don't call it, it is the grandmother's cottage. And it exists on the etheric planes, but it's anchored to this physical place. And as I said, when I first met her, it was one grandmother. And then now, then there were three. And now there's kind of, well, there's a lot of them. And, (laughs) and we just sit in holy communion. And I feel that these last couple years has been this reworking and reactivation and healing of my blood lineage, which both my blood lineage up my ancestral lines, you know, Italian and Irish and Scots-Irish and French and Native American and and Eastern European, Polish. So all these lines, but then there's also the soul lineage and there's the grandmothers of the soul lineage. And so there's just been all this tremendous healing. And so I I'm curious, as you've been weaving and working with the grandmothers, have, I just want to hear, yeah, what you want to share about blood lineage and about how your work, well, we'll start there because I don't want to give too many questions about blood lineage. (laughs) I can take a lot of questions. (laughs) Um, So actually, I want to backtrack one thing Um, the grandmothers are telling me right now. (laughs) They're wanting me to remind everyone that because there's like, we're called my grandmother's flowers and to remember that we are all our own flower. And just like flowers, don't worry about who's going to bloom next or how big am I going to be or is there going to be enough? Flowers just bloom unapologetically. And that's this other prayer that the grandmothers have for all of us to in the time when there's so much comparison and so much of, you know, you must or you must or what if um, to be in this space and working with the flower essence. This is why I love working with the flower essence codes and beauty is just that you really get to be in this space of your, your own presence, your own sovereignty, your own beauty, and realizing that you are your grandmother's prayers, the, the, the spirit of the grandmothers, the divinity of the grandmothers, you are their prayers come true embodied in a real life form. So they just wanted me to add that in. <laughs> they were like, you didn't say that part. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to the grandmothers yes, as well. Thank you. Okay. So, okay. Blood lineage and the grandmothers. Well, 
Okay, so one thing, the thing that's coming forward for me right now is in 2019, in November, out of nowhere, I opened a window to like let some breeze come through. The sun was setting. It was magic hour. And oh my gosh, it might, may have been sewing. I may have been. <laughs> the, the veils were thin. Um, out of nowhere, the cacao spirit just like danced her way into my kitchen. I remember that I was sauteing onions and I was like preparing dinner and the kids were like playing off to the side. It had been like a long day of homeschooling. And I had, I've, I had never worked with cacao. And she came in and she was like, you need to find cacao flower essence. And I was like, okay, I mean, sure, I'll, I'll work with cacao, sure. Um, and I remember I found a flower essence um, through an apothecary, actually Green Hope Farms. And, you know, they preserve their flower essences more in like a vinegar base. Um, and I worked with her a little bit in that way. And I could tell that she was coming through for something bigger that I didn't fully realize. Fast forward to earlier this year, I, through all these series of events, end up in like a very intensive um, plant spirit, like cacao ceremony training. <laughs> Which I was like, I, I mean, there's so many people who are going off doing cacao ceremonies. Like that was like the last thing that I was thinking that I would go and do. And like, this is how much, um, I mean, I'm, I consider myself like a researcher and a well-educated person. I mean, I have an advanced degree. <laughs> I've been to two colleges. Um, but I had no idea, dear Mira, like I'm half Mexican, half Danish. I had no idea that cacao was deeply connected to Mexico. So I'm in this training and then I'm finding this information out and I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was the most bizarre experience because it, it literally felt like I was in this training and this training was completely for me. And every time I would attend a class, it was just so overwhelming because so much was coming forward and so much of it was connected to blood lineage. And it was like these waves of intel and information. And it was, it was, I felt like time stood still and I was being downloaded all this information and it happened literally right when I was about to turn 41. The training actually started on my birthday. And it, I got this information that Cacao, she's like, I've been a part of your life your whole life. I'm part of your lineage. And then I remember, you know, my mom making Mexican hot chocolate growing up. Um, and it may not have been, you know, ceremonial cacao or the top of the line whatever you know heirloom cacao but the spirit of cacao has always been a part of my life and that was always part of what happened around Halloween Salon um, with the veil thinning is my mom would always make Mexican hot chocolate in our huge iron pots um lay crusette pots that my parents got at a flea market for like $50 <laughs> and my grandmother's millennial and it 
it was always something that was woven. And I all of a sudden I had all these light bulb moments of, you know, when you have those moments, you're in, you know, submersed in something and you realize that it's always been there, but you never knew it was there. And all these clicks started happening. And I've been working with her ever since April um, in a much more daily conscious way. And she, I, I still don't know fully yet what will bloom from there, but she is, her and I are deeply working with the blood lineage and the healing and the weaving. And she is, she is magnificent and she is a master plant, you know, a healing plant. Um, and she also, you have to be very careful with how you work with her and there has to be deep reverence and respect with working with her. I really love that you're bringing in this conversation around caution and deep yeah. reverence and respect and mm, I'm going to say just all the other words that are coming to me in the conversations we've had recently discernment yes. energetic boundaries mm -hmm. integrity ethics um, this is something that I haven't gotten deeply into this um, and any of these conversations on this podcast per se, but it's something I feel very strongly about. And I, you and I have had a lot of conversations and I would love to just um, go down a wee rabbit hole. Let's go. <laughs> a, wee, a wee tangent, a wee rabbit hole, because I feel like in this, again, going back to the season, this is such an important topic right now. This is to me, we're in a a moment of where discernment is so important. And so I feel that so many people, you know, we always talk about there's this desire people have, they want to connect with spirit and then spirit, it gets dressed up in this love and light coat yeah. with all of these to be rainbows and unicorns. And there is, you know, I, cause I dance, I, you can tell my hesitation perhaps like I dance between wanting to deeply encourage people to have a relationship with spirit because it is everybody's birthright to have a relationship with spirit, with their healthy ancestors, with fairy, with these, these realms. And, and to me, I just feel like we've lost a lot of etiquette and respect in the way that we work with these realms. And whether it goes on one hand where people are so, you know, wide open and they have no boundaries whatsoever and, you know, they're super empathic, which, I mean, I can raise my hand here. I'm very empathic and even more reason to like learn good boundaries, le learn the ability to say no just as we can to humans we can say no to yes. spirits and allies yes. that we're working with <laughs> and and it's actually like in working with fairy and i'm going to say you know just mention fairy in particular fairy there has been and this weaves into the whole blood lineage and so there to me as as i have worked so much with fairy there has been great wounding and great dishonoring of the fairy and human the agreement, the sacred agreement that once was between fairy and human has been basically 
shit on. For, <laughs> don't hold back. For, I mean, the, don't have no, that. I'm not holding back. I mean, because there's no other. There, I don't want to sugarcoat this. It has been. There have been grave transgressions, and they have all been on the side of humans. When fairy has had bestowed upon humanity beautiful gifts of fairy magic we have of course the myths of the fairy hollows we have the myths of the uh, the well maidens and these great gifts of plenty and magic have been bestowed on humanity and then somewhere along the way humanity either humans either misused abused usurped misappropriated, any number of things distorted, took it for themselves mm-hmm. and then twisted mm-hmm. it into what it was not. And and so there's all these distortions of all of this. And so to me, whenever we approach the spirit realm, to be aware that there are all these layers and we don't want to create more harm than has been done. And yet I do deeply want to encourage everybody to be have an open heart and engage and be open to engaging in a relationship with fairy because that's what's needed right now. And yet, on the other hand, there's this, I, I really think it's so important to talk about um, etiquette and to talk about respect and having reverence. And to me, like the catch-all, um, it's kind of like <laughs> the, the dream catcher, if you will, of of whatever, of you don't have to be perfect. It's really about coming with right intention, like coming in a good way and doing your best. I really feel if we drop into the sacred space of the heart and then make a, a pact with ourselves to do our best and come from a place of deep desiring to connect and to learn and to knowing we don't know everything and openness, I feel like that goes such a long way. And I think there's etiquette. <laughs> so 100%. that's my soapbox. I'm just curious, like, especially in your recent training and everything, not for you to divulge anything you're not supposed to, but just what is your perspective on all of this as you've been doing deep, both ancestral work with the grandmothers, as well as work with spirit and work with these teacher, you know, not just flowers, but I would call cacao a teacher plant. Yes, she she is deeply a teacher plant. She's a, I, I almost view her as a grandmother, but you know, most people call her mama cacao. But she has very grandmother energy to me. Um, you know, okay, so this is an excellent question. I love this question. Um, where do I want to start with this question? I never really, I feel like, did anything outlandish in the spirit realms. I feel like I've always had pretty good discernment about what I do or not do. Like, I remember as a child, my mom being like, once I was getting more into esoteric studies, her being like, whatever you do, never touch a Ouija board. (laughs) Like, she was like, terrified of me touching a Ouija board at like someone's home. And I think rightfully so, because I think some people have such gifts that if you don't know how to work with those gifts, you can get into some really sticky situations. And so I was always more on the cautious side when it came to the spiritual realms. And now that I'm in um, much more intensive training when it comes to the shamanic energy realms, um, I am very glad that I was <laughs> because it, it just sounds like you really need to be thoughtful. And, 
you know, my teacher, my current teacher, Sharon Bolt, she talks about how the spirits are very forgiving. They're very forgiving. But once you know better, you need to do better, right? It's like a little kid, right? Okay, you do something. Okay, we don't do that. And if you keep doing that, then you keep, you get in more trouble. (laughs) So once you know better, you do better. And she also, I love what she says, you know, she's like, a lot of some of these trainings that we're going through, she's like, is basically to learn how to be my fair lady in the spiritual realms, which I think is hysterical because I used to love that movie, My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn, in the sense that like, be on your best manners, you know, have some basic etiquette. Um, Don't just take things. I even really try to be really thoughtful about my wording when it comes to flower essences. And I, I mean, I can slip up, but it's more of my own practice where I will say I'm working with this flower essence. Like I'm working with Rose flower essence instead of saying, oh, I'm taking her three times a day because I like to view her as her own, you know, I don't go and say, oh, I take conversations from Diamira every day or something. <laughs> I say, oh my gosh, it was so much fun to chat with Diamira or you know, and also like, okay, maybe I've chatted with her a little too much today. I need to take a break. Like it's the same with a plant. <laughs> um, you want to be, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're not just like, get me more like that. You have to be really thoughtful and you have to use your manners. And how would you treat someone else? How would you treat your grandmother? You know, and that's another thing. Um, I, I think that there's so many facets of what plants and flowers can bring forward that that's one thing that I love about working with plants and flowers is because they really allow us to have our own self journey. You know, Diamira might experience one thing working with red rose and I might experience a completely different thing because there's so many different facets. And then at certain times we might experience the same thing because they, you know, red rose can be often be known for the heart or for this grounding electrifying energy. Um, So yeah, I mean, I really feel like calling back basic manners, I think is really important. I also feel like manners in general I don't know what has happened like I think that manners in general I don't know have not maybe they've gone out the window I'm not sure literally like in high school I was like obsessed with manners I had like every Emily Post etiquette book and I would read through them (laughs) and be like okay this is how you set a table I just thought it was really interesting um and this is how you write a thank you card or my mom was always super into us writing thank you cards um And I think that you come to a point where you figure out your own manners. And I think you come to a point where if you're not really sure what to do in the spirit realms and you value them enough, you go and find someone that you can study with and that you can train with so that you have enough um, understanding of how to work in those realms. I really love that you're highlighting the manners because that's (laughs) such a brilliant way to talk about it having good manners and I think you pose a great question what has happened to manners and I don't know if it has something to do with there is a little bit of I feel a rebellion happening in terms of especially with women and I I mean I can even speak for for myself but especially with women around breaking the good girl 
mold, breaking the that people pleaser. And so I don't know if somehow manners has gotten somehow attached and people have gone on a death to manners tirade <laughs> because it somehow it's been associated with the good girl. I, I don't know. I don't know what's happened, but I have, and this goes back to my Libra. Anybody who knows a Libra, we love manners. We love, you know, how we present ourselves and and how we are in relationship with other. It's kind of an obsession of ours. And I really think somewhere along the way, manners has gone down the drain. So I'm, yeah, what do you, what do you think is up with that? The only thing that I can think of is that we've gotten so quote unquote busy in our lives that we have lost that. And I don't know if it comes down. It's interesting since I live in a multi-generational property, I'm jumping around, I I realize, (laughs) but um, my dad, you know, he was born in 44 and it's super interesting to watch how he instills and models manners for my kids. And I love it because it's kind of like, you know, he's like 6'2", he's Danish, he looks like Thor. <laughs> and it's kind of, you know, but he's also amazing with kids. Like he's a stay-at-home dad. So, you know, he's has this older generational view. Like if the kids run outside the back to go on their tree swings and they leave the door open, my dad has no problem calling them out being like, hey, get back here, close the door. What do you think? You live in a barn? We close the door. We respect the house, you know? And it's like, they they don't he doesn't have to tell them that many times and he's not being mean he's not being cruel he's not like super yelling at them he also has an amazing sense of humor I think that there has to have certain tact when you do do that or else it can become this intense thing but I feel like they like his generation was this generation of manners and I don't know if maybe because of it's like we live away far away from our families now and a lot of grandkids don't get to see their their grandparents very often. And, you know, we're busy with more busyness things, whether that's on social media or trying to keep up with whatever digital thing is going on. Or um, And it can be also, I think, a lot as a parent, I think it can be a lot to instill manners. You know, instilling manners is a long-term investment. It doesn't happen overnight. And there's pushback that happens when you instill manners because instilling manners is almost a form of boundary, but it's also, you know, helping people, I mean, kids, people learn how to treat others. And then in doing that, they're also teaching others how they want to be treated. I just think of my grandmother who was, you know, a very religious woman (laughs) and her on my dad's side, and she had this huge painting in her library of her house of the golden rule you know treat others how you want to be treated and to me that kind of is the foundation of manners I mean I'm saying that every day all day to my kids it is a common common conversation we have in our house which is part of like my homeschoolingness of uh, this quiet beauty weaving of you know how do I want to help instill an influence with my kids around how they act and be in the world. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking of um this manners conversation. So with <laughs> I 
chair is very squeaky. I'm, I need to remember to sit still when I'm recording these. Um, <laughs> I'm spinning around over here, mad scientist. Like, okay. So what I was saying is that the manners. I'm just thinking of examples with the spirit realm, and I'm thinking of this one in particular because obviously we're in the season that we're in and in Samhain. And so I love how deep you went into the manners because I feel like if we just think about that when we're engaging with spirit and like you said, people don't have a lot of time. But to me, in especially if you're going to take the time to attempt to build a relationship to open into a relationship with the spirit realm. I'm like, make the time. It little, a little politeness, a little respect goes such a long way in the regard to spirit work. There's a whole set of etiquette when you are journeying into the realm of spirit, yes. whether it's the upper or lower or middle realms, whether you're, or whatever your cosmology is, whether you're um, interacting with beings and depending on what beings you're interacting with, who you're interacting with, what level of relationship you have with them. There's all kinds of, as Alex is, you're referring to manners and etiquette that go in place. But I'm even thinking of something really simple that we could apply in that everybody would kind of get even at whatever, wherever they are in their spirit building relationship is during this time of year, we often will set out spirit plates for our ancestors, for the fairy people, for the spirits who we work with. And Offerings are an interesting thing because I feel that people have also lost the idea of the etiquette around an offering. What I started noticing with some of my clients and students is that they would give something that was going to be thrown away. Oh, um, here's my coffee grounds. Let me offer oh those gosh, to the earth, no. <laughs> um, the coffee grounds that are already spent. Oh, here's my plant material that I've used in the tea. Let me offer offer this. Oh, here's that last piece of cake that I really don't want and I don't need. Let me offer this to spirit. No. <laughs> Think of, again, going back, I love how you did this with the manners and went deep. Think of what you would do for your guest. Your guest, Alex, comes to my house. I do not offer her the last thing in my refrigerator and pull out some stinking piece of old <laughs> cheese from 1975 and say, here, have this. No, what do I do? I serve her the first piece. I give her the first helping of whatever the lasagna I've just baked up. I get, I serve her the first piece. And that is what a true offering is. And so when we go to make our spirit plates for this Samhain season, I want everybody to be thinking about that. Like, can you give the first bit of whatever you've cooked five dishes for your dinner? Can you take a little bit of each one and put it on a spirit plate? Not the dregs, but the actual before anybody has even stuck their fork in anything and then offer that like that is an offering, um, an offering like they say it should it should hurt a little. It should and not hurt, but it should be like, oh, like that's really an offering like, wow, I'm giving them this first piece and 
you're just giving it because that's what you do. And so I think that's a, a really good practical example that people could think with for this particular <laughs> time of year, since we're obviously not going to, you know, do a whole class while we're on the podcast about teaching about spirit. Etiquette. No, um, I'm like, so I literally as we are coming down, can you believe that we've already <laughs> talked for an hour? I, I know. <laughs> for the sake of practicality. <laughs> what is all this practicality that I'm suddenly, <laughs> suddenly is flowing through me? I'm so not a practical woman, uh, not in this kind of uh, energetic anyways. But for practicality's sake, I would love for you to tell anybody, first of all, if you have any final thoughts, we have talked about beauty. We have talked about the grandmothers and your work with them. We have talked about you weaving with the flowers and how the flowers are really a doorway, a portal into this. We have talked about you connecting and working with cacao and then blood lineage. And then we segued onto this <laughs> energetic etiquette and manners conversation, which I loved this rabbit hole. And so I'm just curious, is there any final thoughts? Well, just on the, or something on the, that is screaming um, to the be last part about offerings that, that actually is something that I always recommend to my clients when I'm working with them one-on-one -on -one, um, is around before starting a flower essence or a flower essence formula is to go out to the earth and to offer something and state your intention and you're offering something to the flowers, to the flower spirits. Because it's, to me, again, it's this etiquette and manners and really it's a reverence. Like there's a, there has to be for me and how I work with the spirit realms, there, there needs to be a reciprocity. And before you just take something that can lead to very powerful and potent transformation, you want to offer something. So I love to go and get like um, buy fresh roses um, and offer petals to my backyard or to waters um, like the ocean or a stream. I also get that that might not be an affordable thing for people. So you can do other offerings that don't cost any money. You can go and recite or your most favorite poem just to the sky or to um, a tree that's a tree guardian of yours or to the waters. Um, you can find a poem to recite. You can just say a little prayer. It's really this showing up so that they can also show up. And what I have noticed is when there's a deep reciprocity, then um, more portals open for that transformation to take place. Thank you so much. That is such an absolutely beautiful devotion and practice that you do and that you've shared with me. And I just love it. Thank you for sharing that with everyone here. Cause I, of course. it's so simple and it's so extraordinary and powerful. So Alex, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you if they are so inclined to step 
onto the path of beauty and medicine. Well, I am How can um, people marginal find you? in this way too, <laughs> that I am not on any social media. I'm only word of mouth and people can find me at my website, mygrandmothersflowers.com. And I do have um, an email list that you can sign up for, a flowers and notes list. And the, my offerings only come out through that email list. I work with clients one-on-one. You can find that on my website. Um, I do remote and in-person. And I also do have um, an offering for returning clients, which is more of like a very focused 30-minute session that I just added called Tending the Hearth. Um, I do have a third offering called Seasonal Alchemy Flowers. And that's just kind of like my, I formulate different formulas that come forward. They're almost like love poetry in um, to the flowers in the form of a flower essence formula that I'll sometimes offer up. And whenever I do offer those, it's always a very limited amount of 20 bottles or less. And they usually are always um, bloomed within hours, meaning sold out within hours. And that happens whenever I feel like I'm called. And I have not done one of those in a while, but they have to feel called and they usually just arrive on the spirit, the winds and the spirits. Um, but the one-on-one work is the work that I'm focusing on the most right now because I am um, really integrating and weaving the new shamanic energy training that I'm learning and um, putting that into my one-on-one work. So that's where most people can find me. I also um, may be releasing flower stories soon, which are videos of me talking about everyday um, magic that happens when working with flower essences. And my hope is to release those once a month. And again, those will only um, come out to people on my email list. And I'll probably send a password. So you have to be on my email list to receive the password to watch them. Because I like to, I have Pluto at the top of my chart. I like to keep things with secret passcodes to have entrance in. It reminds me of like a speakeasy in San Francisco or something that we used to go to. Um, so that's the, the main way to find me and work with me. And all of those links will be in the show notes and the seasonal alchemy flowers that you just mentioned. That was what I did with Alex that where I said that I had this palpable experience of beauty. They're gorgeous. And so if you ever have the opportunity to experience Alex's beautifully, magically, powerfully and about 85 <laughs> other adjectives that I could think of right now, but for time's sake, I won't, um, <laughs> woven <laughs> flower formulas, then I would highly, highly recommend those. So thank you so, so much, Alex. I love you so much, my flower sister. And I am so thank excited that so we got to play together. And this I has love been a long you time so much. May there be the rainbows week. over this conversation. <laughs> 